What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode two of the Triple D podcast. Joshua Linsenberg here from your Triple D content team alongside our founder, JT Barnett. And today we're going to talk about trends in sports social media. And with that, I want to bring in our special guest for today's episode, Mass Media Studies Professor Brian McFadden at Hofstra University, where I currently study sports journalism. Professor McFadden, welcome to the podcast. Hey, uh, Josh and JT. Thanks for having me. I uh, hope you guys are doing all right. Yes. So let's dive right into it here, uh, Brian. I think it's a good place to start is with TikTok. TikTok had about 800 million macaroonies uh, users in 2020, according to Data Reportal. Why do you think TikTok has been so successful compared to other social media platforms? Well, it's probably a couple things, right? But I think what what most stands out to me is the fact that it's a space for younger people, right? Specifically Gen Zers, where they felt like, based on my conversation with Gen Zers, right? That it's like the other social media were starting to be kind of like infiltrated by older folks, right? So TikTok to them appeared to be this like, look, it's like a, what do you want to call it? Um uh, tabula rasa, right? Like a blank slate where you can make it what you want it to be. Um, obviously, TikTok as a platform privileges some things. I think creativity being one of those things. So I think kind of the, you'll we could call it like the intersection of it's a space for young people, but also I think it's a space for people to exercise parts of their creativity that you don't always get to see, um, you know, on display, like, especially like if you think about social media that are more textually oriented, right? Like uh, Twitter, or I mean, Facebook, sure, you could post photos or whatever. But it's like, outside of Instagram, which is more like visually oriented, I think TikTok probably has the most um, opportunity for people to exercise their creative muscles. So um, and then when you sort of like add the quarantine into the middle of all that, I think TikTok's, um, you know, user, um, user share their user numbers increased exponentially when people were forced to like you know quarantine so i think totally. it's it's again I, I don't really know if i'm going to point to any one of those things but i'll say those are the three things that probably most occur to me about like what makes tiktok so popular right now how, how much do you see uh being somebody that has been through this cycle so many times how much do you see of people having skepticism towards new platforms when they emerge and being being not able to jump onto them because they have something that holds them back is that something that you see continually yeah i mean like that's like the will smith parents just don't understand thing right where it's like there's this new thing that comes out and older people who aren't as used to it um are skeptical of it because it's something new and different and scary yep. in some instances um but like that's been happening throughout human history right i mean i'm not gonna bore you with like uh, going like way far back but it's like when um totally. people were learning when people were learning how to like um read for themselves like priests and rabbis didn't really like that because like suddenly it's like wait yep. hang on a second here that takes some of our power away so i think that you know when you know new technology comes out people who don't understand it are going to be threatened by it but i think the people who are in power are going to be threatened by it because it's this new thing right i mean you saw that recently right like when uh, donald trump is wanting to like ban tiktok right like this is a and mm -hmm. you know um a threat in, in some ways as he sees it. So yeah, I mean, there's this um, really interesting uh, book that I read recently called It's Complicated, which was uh, by Dana Boyd. And uh, she basically is trying to, she's one of many people who writes about this idea that like the kids are all right, 
it's new and it's weird and it's different looking, but you know, it's, it's, it's just a different thing that has exists for some time and it looks weird, but it, it everything is going to be okay. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, and, and, uh, you know, this is a good transition over to my next question. Nathan McKinnon is a top three NHL player. He made 6.75 million last year. And the D'Amelio sisters are the most popular figures by far, probably on TikTok. They made 7 million last year. Mm-hmm. A triple D, you know, we're very bullish on the NHL not being where it should be with its marketing and the player salaries being a deriv- derivative of that. But is this a surprise for you seeing? Do you think someone who's not even 18 years old yet deserves this type of pay? Oh, well, like, here's the thing, right? Like, I don't think it's for me to say, like, who deserves what over whom, right? Um, I think that, like, if you put yourself out there and you find that there's, you know, a void in the market for what people want to watch, whether that's like Dunkin' Donut trips or going to, you know, Kmart or whatever the case may be, um, you found that there's a void in the market for whatever reason. So, like, uh, all kudos uh, to you. Um, I think that like it's interesting, right? Because when we think of athletes, whether it be NHL or others, we kind of like hold them in this, you know, you think of celebrity as an umbrella, right? And it's like, for whatever reason, within popular culture, like influencers are like told like, well, you're on the outside of being like celebrity, right? You're an influencer, you're not a celebrity, or you're an athlete, but you're not a celebrity, right? So I think that like, you know, having those lines of demarcation now when things are so blurry is like, I don't know, for me, like kind of silly, like popularity yep. is popularity, call it whatever you want to call it, a celebrity, influencer, athlete, whatever. Um, so it's to me, whether it's, you know, uh, an NHL player or in the, like an influencer, the D'Amelio sisters, the example you're using here, Josh. Um, I think that what you see here is like, I think they're, again, I'm going to go back to age. Age is, is what matters most here. And that's why, you know, the two or three examples that you use here, like they speak the TikTok language, you know, and I'm using language uh, in a metaphorical way here, right? Where it's like, they, they get what's going on there. So it only makes sense to me that like, look, you guys know better than me, right? When I think of young, like young leagues, like the NHL is one of the first leagues that comes to my mind. It's like the league um, for, for me anyway, seems like it's beginning to become more and more populated with younger people um, as time goes on. And like, that's the case, like you could say the same thing about baseball, et cetera. Um, but it, it would be no surprise to me that like NHL players are going to be some of the ones that start to populate and make sense of TikTok for athletes, right? A little bit more though than a little bit more so than some of the other leagues. Um, I think that even if you go to like websites that measure social media use or social media popularity, they're still measuring, you know, Instagram, right? Like they're not really caught on to the the TikTok of it all yet. So um, I think that once these younger players you know, come of age or hit, you know, the mainstream, whatever that is, right? Like that's when you're going to see sort of like a mainstream appreciation for TikTok. And by mainstream, I just mean, you know, uh, people who are probably older than uh, the folks who are using TikTok right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny. I want to go back to where you were saying the, the, how people characterize people as celebrity versus influencer. And it's funny now because it's almost like social media has set the playing field back to square one and leveled it out to where anybody now has that ability to be quote unquote influencer because there is no longer gatekeepers, which were before the big networks that could make somebody a celebrity. And now everybody has the power to do that with just their device. And so now people that are now influencers come along and influencers become the ones that are actually getting more attention than a lot of the mainstream celebrities that are being seen in movies just due to the fact that the output that they're putting, that is the, the volume of output on their social platforms 
uh, is just so much higher than somebody that's seen in a movie once a year or once every two years. And so now these quote unquote influencers, really it's almost tipped the, the scale into the influencers are now the ones that are celebrities and the celebrities are more of people on the back end where you're not seeing them as much, but the, the pop culture of that, uh, that definition of celebrity hasn't changed yet to where it's really caught up to the times. And yeah. so that's where like people, people like Charlie D'Amelio who are putting out just such a immense, uh, volume of content. And at the same time, having that such a dramatic increase of, uh, virality and of being seen by so many people that she really is one of the biggest names in the world right now. But because there still is the the connotation with social media of being like a ah eh, it's his own thing. Real celebrities are the ones in Hollywood, and right. I don't look at it. I don't look at it that way. I look at it completely a different way. But it's it's funny when we post something that shows you know, Nathan McKinnon making 13 million versus Charlie making 45 million. Mm -hmm. And people look at sports uh, and people look at athletes as being like the, the top echelon of a public figure or of a celebrity. And then they look at somebody like Dixie or Daisy, uh, Dixie or Charlie D'Amelio being like a, just an influencer. And when you really break down the numbers of it and you look at how many people she's being seen by per day and how many mm -hmm. people she's reaching, uh, it, it's it's really a no-brainer that she's making that much money and it, I actually think that she's making more than people even realize yeah and to me it, and to me it makes sense and that kind of gets us into the whole conversation of us at Triple Deke being like I, I when I played hockey was mm -hmm. always taught always taught to really downplay yourself not put yourself on social media not put yourself out there not market yourself and really just to be a member of the team and that's and that's it and that's where you're the walls are, are confining you. And the way that I look at it now being outside of it is I think that every hockey player, I think that every human being needs to look at themselves as a, a media property first, mm -hmm. and then whatever they do second, if they want to succeed in what the next 30 to 50 years is going to look like in culture. And right. I think hockey players especially are still in it, it, the, the league as a, as a whole, the sport as a whole is a culture of, don't put yourself out there. Don't market yourself. And I think that that's something that I'm really trying to push to get away from because I think it really does impact. It impacts players revenue for sure. It also impacts the sport of getting new audience in the door and getting them and getting the, the league seen by more people. And so it's, it's just funny for us when we post, when we see something like Dixie versus Nathan McKinnon and it's like, you know, the, a lot of the majority sees Nathan McKinnon as, wow, he should be making as much as Dixie because of the effort that he puts into, which is super subjective. But then when you really look at the numbers, you're like, yep. maybe hockey players need to be more like TikTokers. Well, maybe they need so, to be putting themselves out more. Yeah. So like, so this is always so interesting to me because like I, what you're saying totally makes sense. Right. Because like growing up, like, and again, I'm assuming, right. Like where it's like, you're playing hockey probably throughout your like childhood into your adulthood. Right. Where it's like, when you're playing with a teammate, like there is a degree to which it's like the team matters, right? It's like, you're building that camaraderie. Like you're there for your part. You have to learn to like trust these people. Right. And they have to learn to trust you. So like, there's a certain aspect of that, but once you make it to like the pros, right. Then suddenly these teams become marketable properties. Right. So it's like, it, there's always been that sort of like interesting 
um, back and forth, right? Where it's like team, but individual, right? The Browns matter, but Odell Beckham Jr. matters like way more, mm -hmm. right? And it's like, and yeah. again, that's just using a keynote example of the most popular uh, uh, Instagram NFL uh, player there. But uh, that's what I've always found so fascinating because I bet before you, you turn pro, right? there's not really a concern about any of this because it's like team building, yep. you know, like confidence building, right. Confidence, both in you and your partners. Um, but like, yeah, once you get there, this is the problem with major league baseball, right? They don't have anyone to market, you know? So yep. it's, exactly. and, that, and yeah, exactly. So I think that like what you're talking about is where suddenly the marketing and capitalism, right. Suddenly those things don't really matter when you're in the minors or amateur leagues, right. But suddenly when you become, they need to start selling jerseys with your name on them. Suddenly those become issues, right. Ratings become an issue. So um, that's something totally. that like, you know, influencers, I mean, is there a minor league for, I don't know. It's kind of like you make it right. So it's <laughs> yeah. like you, you try what, something, what you, if it works, you're there, you know? Why do you think that some sports are open to marketing their players and do a good job of it? Like the NBA is light years ahead of the NHL. Mm -hmm. Where, do, where does that stem from in your opinion? And how do you see it? Do you see it ever changing? Do you see it being something that could put, has a potential to change in the near future? Or is it, is it changed at all over time? Right. What's your opinion on it? Well, I, I think that you, in in the section we just left there a minute ago, where you were reflecting on your own playing career, right? Where it's like, I think that really what that boils down to is a culture, right? Like where you're being told, like, well, well, that's not just something you do. Like that, that doesn't fit here. That's all culture building, right? So I think that when you look to a league like the NBA, and I'm going to specifically focus on Adam Silver's NBA, um, that because mm -hmm. I think that it's most clear and sort of his cultural building there where it's like he wants the players to a degree to be involved with like you know I'm, i'll just use like uh social movements you know cultural movements like be more than yep. just um you know the guy who's on the basketball court and, and he allows for them to do that um you know now of course that kind of like you know, when I think about understanding like David Stern's NBA, of course, that's pre-social media, so it's more difficult. And also you had the, you know, the larger than life persona of Michael Jordan, right? Who wasn't even a man, he was air, right? Like, so he's everywhere yep. and like kind of like not giving anyone else an opportunity to actually like have the celebrity spotlight that he had. And, and again, that's maybe the competitive nature of him also. But I think that the culture of the NBA, that fits best, right? And think about the culture of the NBA. You have players like, for example, like James Harden just gave us another great example of this, who if they don't want to do something, they're not going to do it, right? Or if they yeah, want totally. to do something, they're totally. going to do it. And that could be forcing a trade. That could be, you know, like uh, wanting to associate themselves with one one brand as opposed to another, uh, endorse a candidate, right? As opposed to another. Um, so I think that, that, that the NBA, as you say, it's light years ahead, but I think it's because they allow their players to be both players and human beings, right? And this isn't totally. like throwing shade on, you know, athletes. Yeah, no, 100%. No, 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 they should be. But I think that like your example here of your hockey career is indicative of the fact that like players can be players. We're not always cool with them being human, right? But it's like the, just go out and play. Like what is the, uh, the, the old phrase, shut up and dribble, so right? Like some yeah. leads kind of like still take yeah. that, uh, that approach to things. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, we have a we, when we post on our our Instagram a lot of a, a lot a lot of people. Anytime we post anything that's like trying to further the sport, anything mm -hmm. that's a little bit progressive forward, mm -hmm. uh, we're always getting comments of just shut up and play hockey or just be a player. And that line to me, just be a player, is so like it doesn't even make it doesn't even make sense to me 
because mm-hmm. by nature being a player is being a person and mm-hmm. like the the two are so the two are so intertwined that as the player to be the best player that you can be you have to be the best person that you can be and right. so and and I completely agree with what you said of the it being a culture and how it does that needs to shift and for me when I think about that I'm like it's got to start at both the top and at the bottom simultaneously for players to come in and be open to other players on the team marketing themselves and being their own person and being a human yeah. and at the same time the ownership and the coaches and the general managers being a, a, allowing that as well and 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 creating a culture that is accepting of players to have their differences and their opinions totally. and the, and to be to be themselves Right. And by rocking the boat in some instances, right. And your example of just like posting something, you know, again, I'm using air quotes here for uh, everyone in audio land, but it's like progressive, right. Um, Well, that's the thing, right. It's like you, we were just talking about the fact that like athletes are supposed to be marketed, but it's interesting because it's like, when you think of the way that fan, and I'm a fan, all right. I'm, I'm, I'm someone who's of the opinion that like you can both be a fan of sport and be critical of sport and sometimes it's important to do both of those things right because yep. i think that that's like uh sort of like um i don't know like uh, i always say to my classes like i feel like it's a requirement right if you love something so much don't put yourself in a position where you have to defend it like if something messed up happens right or like that athlete messes up because it's like you should be one of the first folks to be critical and critical doesn't mean that you're only saying like this is bad this is bad this is bad it's also pointing to the things that you think are good that deserve to be propped up as well so yeah i think that it's it is interesting like from the from your perspective right and again this can be from you who's putting content out there right or it can be the position from you the player right and i think from players positions from any you know autobiography i've read or podcast i've listened to one of the things that athletes grapple with, and sometimes they realize it too late in their careers, is that like you also are a commodity that's being used by these fans. And like when you leave, they may miss you. They also may not because there'll be a new shiny object that is like physically at literally taken your place, right? On the field where they may, or excuse me, ice, right? <laughs> Whatever the case may be, yeah, court, no. right? Um, so it's like, that's one of the things that I feel like athletes are in a unique position where they have to grapple with, right? I mean, um, I don't know, maybe when I get thrown out of a classroom and I have to think about the next guy or gal, right? Uh, then I'll be in like a weird position to think about that. But it's super unique to athletes because it's like you you are out there and your career is burning bright and fast. And then sometimes it's out like that. And you have to like kind of grapple with yep. sort of what happens next. Yeah. And I've totally. Been- and, and and just for my own, per- sorry, it's kind of cutting out here. Uh, just for my own personal experience, having gone through that of, where the, you know, it was my, my career was going at a steady pace. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden it just started going the opposite way really quick. And mm-hmm. by, by choice I was done, but I was on the way out without right. my, w- without my choice. And when I retired, got getting into social media as a career and spending more time in creating content myself, I just, I remember having a moment where I was like, why was I not doing this when I was a player? Cause I'm seeing now I'm seeing return on, on the, the time that I put in of creating such simple videos of me doing workouts mm-hmm. and stuff that I've been doing for literally 20, 20 years now, 15 years now. Right. And looking back at my career and, and just, if I would have overcame that obstacle of creating of, of the, the backlash from a team and, or from a coach or from the, the culture, if I would have been able to overcome that, that it would have just set me up for an even, an even better starting point when I begin my second career of not being a player anymore and doing whatever I'm right. going to do next. 
And so I am always trying to really encourage players now to put themselves out there to document more to yep. not, it doesn't even have to, they don't even have to do it in a way that's inauthentic. They can be just be themselves. They don't have to be Odell Beckham. They don't have to be right. anybody that's super, super in the spotlight, but just like showing your personality and getting more people to see who you are will set yep. you up in a better place when you're done with that career and you no longer have those eyeballs on you. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that like what I hear is like, you know, the things that when you are a professional, right, that you can control or your workouts, right? You know, like, uh, I, I mean, I guess maybe there's there you to some degree, you don't have control over like when practices when the games are right? right. So it's like, when you start to see like, your career not go the way that it is, right? That's another lack of control. So it's like, I feel like, I mean, for me personally, right, and you can tell me if this is different for you guys, like when I put a message out on social media, I have much more of a degree of control over what's going into that message, right? So it's like when you're posting uh, JT, these like videos of like, again, you call them simple, right? But it like shows the like non-player side of you, even if it's just like showing the ways yep. that you work at, they see the finished products of you when you're like on the ice, right? But it's like, they don't see like what goes into that, like what goes into the diet of a professional, right? Like all of those Absolutely. things. And, you know, I think we're in kind of the like reality TV era of just like everything, right? Where people want to see behind the curtain. And I, I'm saying yep. reality TV to the extent that like we see reality TV, but like all three of us here know that reality TV is also like a very highly produced version of oh, reality, yes. right? We had a whole unit oh, totally. on that. Yeah. Was, that was <laughs> totally. A yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's and, yeah, please go ahead. And, yeah, I, I completely agree with that. And, and even, I would actually say even more than like reality TV, because I 100% agree that it is a highly produced uh, piece. Um, I actually even think like just the live, the live streaming uh, per se yep. of just, just, just the voyeur of looking at somebody else's life and seeing what they're up to. I can't remember the guy's name that I was just reading an article on a, a couple of days ago about live streaming uh, and just eating meals on live stream and having like a hundred thousand people just want to eat lunch with the guy. And, uh, and it's, it's crazy that it's crazy to me because everybody thinks that their life is not interesting. People are like, right. most people think like, ah, oh, I'm not that in nobody would really care to see what I do on a normal day. But if you look at some of these live streamers, or if you look at some of these people that are on Instagram that that just document everything, and they have a following that is so engaged with, like their vlogs of just what they're doing of on a normal day, and for me, it uh, it, it it just leads even more back to professional athlete has to be some of the most interesting yep. uh, people to see like what goes into that product, that finished product when you do step on the ice. What is what makes you you what makes you unique um that it just again leads me to just be like guys please just start doing more of it you'll you'll it'll be so good for you uh in the long run it'll build you it'll build something online for you it'll give you that control that piece of control uh that you don't have when you are still an employee quote unquote of the team so yeah. i completely agree I mean, that's such a great way to look at it. Uh, just a final point here, because Josh, I feel like I keep uh, jumping in before you, but it's like, yeah, no, I mean, I think that your distinction here between player, which is this like celebrated thing and employee, I mean, really, if you look at it, it's like tough to see the difference between the two definitions of them when you kind of uh, conceptualize it that totally. way. No, yeah, totally. I'm, I'm loving the conversation we got going. I want to continue it. Let's talk about esports now, because in the class I took in freshman year, we, you know, we had a whole discussion on esports and to be honest, it sort of blew me away how how much of it's increasing the amount of interest in this sport and 
this game because you know some really do consider gaming a sport which is hard to believe ninja was the most infamous fortnite gamer still is and in my opinion he made 17 million in 2019 Mm. david poshnock on my bruins arguably in my opinion this is biased and unbiased (laughs) one of the top 10 nhl players in the league right now he only made six million that year i know we've talked about esports a lot but could you tell the listeners at home why esports is on the rise in your opinion I think it's on the rise for the, the the very same technology excuse, right, or reason that the three of us are able to be all on a screen together talking right now. And I think that that is, again, it's like I, I feel like I'm kind of uh, repeating myself from the TikTok answer almost. But I, I think, look, it was rising anyway because people are getting used to consuming I mean, uh, JT, the way that you described it earlier is pretty much like spot on. Something that may at once seem uninteresting because you're not actually playing it. Um, But when people started watching people game, right? You start to see Twitch subscribers go like through the roof, right? People are watching like YouTube, like walkthroughs and things of this sort. So, you know, they're starting to basically have an appreciation for skilled gamers, right? And I think the thing that um, in my classes that's always so interesting is you know, I, I love bringing up the the discussion about esports. I think Josh and the it was the such class, a heated discussion. Yeah, it, it's it always gets heated, yeah. and it's basically blows down boils down to this. Uh, and I'll use your words, JT, like sort of a progressive look about like what sports is or could be, and then sort of the like, you know, I've understood sports to be this for my life, and therefore I need to. It, it goes to that thing, right? You feel like you're in a position where you have to defend the world that you understand, because if suddenly someone tries to redefine what that world is, you feel like, well, wait a minute here. Is there a chance that there's other things I do- I haven't really thought about in this before? Which the answer should always be yes. Like none of us have ever figured anything out, and nor will we ever, right? We'll be lucky to maybe, you know, fool ourselves into thinking that one day, right? But it's just like the the world is too vast, and there's too much information and different ways of knowing out there to truly know you know everything about something so yeah I love doing that in my classes um, because you do Josh as you brought up here you have people just like I don't know the IOC the the uh, International Olympic Committee is considering video games for like That's one crazy. of the upcoming Olympic games crazy I guess maybe it is a sport but again it comes down to this right sports as far as like things on tv goes it boils down to can we get ratings can we make money yep. off this right there's yep. a reason why like you know they don't want to have like I don't know. Uh, I don't want to shade any sport here, but you put in whatever yeah. the sport is that you think ESPN. doesn't rate well. Let's just say ESPN yeah. Ocho Sports. How about yeah. that? Well, that's what I mean. Yeah. But it's like ESPN will show video game, and again, the IOC, who has a partnership with NBC, Universal, uh, Comcast, right? Whoever it is that that uh, three-headed monster is now, they want to be able to make money off it. So when they see that Twitch streams, you know grab x number of people not even x number x number million of people uh to watch it and then when you compare that to how many people are watching you know the good old-fashioned olympics on nbc like the numbers are just a joke when you look at them in comparison to each other so it only makes sense to me and again this is not trying to redefine that i i don't like to debate what is or is not sport because it's just like you're basically having a debate about subjectivity the debate comes down to can i make money off this right and i think for nbc or again the uh the parent company being comcast for comcast their question is can we make money off this and i think that 
Twitch and YouTube have demonstrated that, hell yes, you can make a lot of money off this if you uh, sort of get a partnership in there. So um, they've been doing trial runs of this. I think in the the class that you were referencing, Josh, we showed showed the um, Intel Extreme Masters tournament, which was specifically focused on uh, StarCraft 2, I think, for that one anyway. But like, the the numbers are just like undeniable. I mean, numbers are numbers, right? Like it's tough to deny them. And if you can convert those numbers into dollar signs, then that only benefits the uh, companies. So I think that that's why you see some of these larger companies pushing esports. But otherwise, like, why is it being why? I just think people find it interesting. I think people like have an appreciation for skill and ninja. Like he's skilled, but I think he also has a personality, right? And I think that that's the reason why people are when you see a, a, a someone playing. Um, uh, a game with Drake, right? Suddenly there's that crossover of influencer yeah. and celebrity, right? That, so, was, that, that was definitely the big moment for yeah. for Twitch to to really jump into pop culture. But I think like also esports is uh, is on is such on the rise, so on the rise because um, if you just look at if you just look at the way that every other sport is played, the the audience viewership can only reach so much because it's a live event where you can only house, you know, even NFL is 75,000 people. Whereas yep. you see some of these gamers and they're playing a, a single esports event on, on the computer is reaching millions every single day. And also at the same time with that, when you mix the, the, the uh, opportunity to be seen by that many people at a single time mixed with the fact that every one of these uh, esports players is, by nature, a content creator at the same time, uh, they're putting the amount that they're putting out and the amount that people are seeing it is exponentially higher than any other sport. And so for for me, for those reasons, I look at esports and I completely agree with you that it's subjective on if it's a real sport or not. I, I, in my personal preference, I think that it is because I think that it does take talent when you see some of these people playing, you're like, there's, I mean, this guy's, Anybody that I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't stand a high chance. level. <laughs> yeah. It's like, wow, this actually is a skill. But I think uh, on that same note is like, they're getting, they're getting seen by so, so many people that it's only a matter of time when they're on the incline that if a sport like hockey or baseball doesn't do something that gets them to start being seen by more people at the same time, yep. it's, it's only a matter of time until esports is just as big as NHL purely by people seeing it and purely by the amount of viewership that they can, can attract to a single event. So Absolutely. it worries, it worries me when I look at sports like the NHL uh, or the MLB that aren't looking at what esports is doing, that aren't looking at what streamers are doing at, at what content creators are doing for viewership and putting dollars there and just, and just sticking to the things that have got them to where they are right now and being like, oh, we're okay with this. Yeah, there's something to be said when you see the largest, I mean, I'm just using as far as money making goes, the largest league in America, right? The NFL is the first league to start experimenting with, you know, streaming on Amazon or streaming on, you know, one of these like non-traditional platforms. Um, when the, the when a league that prints money as frequently as the NFL does that, the rest of the league should sort of take note and be like, uh, totally. I think they're I think they're seeing something here, right? Yeah. Um, and maybe we yeah. should be going on to because like, look, one of the things that I like, and maybe you guys like it too. I don't I don't know, but it's when I'm watching sports or if I'm watching something live, I love being on Twitter so I can like both tweet and watch, right? So I'm like having this like shared 
um, engagement. Yeah. And I think that that's one of the things that makes Twitch unique also, right? Because it's like, you're all there already, right? So it allows mm -hmm. you to connect with other people who are interested in this like super specific thing. And yet for now, that's, you know, specific to esports. Um, but already we're starting to see like, for example, like there's professional wrestlers who will go onto Twitch, stream an old match and talk through like what they were going through, like while, do, while, you know, performing in front of other people. Right. So it's like, people are starting to kind of like experiment with like what these different platforms look like. But I mean, let's be honest. It's like the interactivity is what makes these way more unique than, you know, your traditional television. So embrace it. You know, and I think that, you know, to your point, uh, JT, totally. and you've sort of been like beating the drum for individuality uh, throughout the, the course of our conversation <laughs> today, it, the more individuals there are there, right, who like you can root for that you've seen like work out before, right? It's like you're more invested, way more invested in them yep. because like you're yep. following them literally right following them again air quotes around yeah. that so i think that that's look interaction individuality i mean maybe we can come up with another eye and have these like three eyes that we uh, keep sort of championing here but i think all of those things are one of the reasons why whether you know josh you were talked about esports we kind of went into like this uh this uh stratosphere of just sports in general but uh, i mean look it'll be a, a within a matter of time before the rest of these leagues look into that because yeah. Um, you know, I, again, I look to the NFL and I, I'm not, you know, putting the NFL on a pedestal for, you know, anything beyond this is, you know, I think that they are kind of using their foresight here to see like what viewership will look like in the next coming year, specifically for, for younger generations. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. And, uh, I want to talk about the whole Juju Smith Corvette Corvette, you know, controversy. Okay. We talked about that on, a little bit on episode one of triple d podcast for those who don't know you know juju smith's uh schuster from the pittsburgh steelers he was dancing on other teams logos teams weren't liking it it got a lot of attention gave juju a lot of attention on social yep. media um and eventually the pittsburgh steelers the head coach and the organization had to ask him stop like literally stop you're hurting us right um would you say that stuff like that, like Juju Smith, not only was he the one who brought in TikTok to the Steelers, a couple weeks later, there was like 10 different guys on the Steelers who have TikTok and are doing all these different things. And now I see it more and more on TikTok with different NFL athletes showing a day in the life or stuff like that. Right. Do you think the whole... I, I would say the Juju Smith controversy is probably the most recent sports media controversy controversy. Oh my God. In the world right now. Um, would you say that hurt sports social media or that helps social media? No, I mean, he probably gained way more followers out of it. Right. So, I mean, I think that Agreed. whenever I look, it's, um, we use the, the term meme, right? And we think of those as those like, you know, like silly pictures with like white font on it that we like share around. But like memes are just any idea that spreads, right? It doesn't have to be that picture. So I think just like the meme, the idea of Juju Smith-Schuster um, spread a lot that day, whether it spread to have more of his teammates join TikTok, which Josh, you said was a result of uh, this, you know, again, we'll put controversy around it, I guess. Um, th this action that people had a problem with. But I think that if you gave uh, Juju Smith-Schuster like a truth serum, 
uh, he wouldn't be mad at it, right? I mean, because like totally. again, like if you if you gain more followers, followers are currency, right? Fo followers are your social capital, right? So you can use that as leverage, whether it's you know trying to pitch yourself for. I mean, you're not doing any of this, whether your agent is p pitching you for a commercial, trying to have you be the face of something, they look to those uh, follower groups. I mean, you know, traditional television yep. tries to recruit influencers now because they have a baked in audience who will yep. watch along, right? Um, I don't know if it actually works. Like, I don't know if like people who use like, uh, you know, follow uh, Tyler Oakley, right? Are gonna watch The Amazing Race because he's on it. Like, I don't know if that actually happens, but they're trying. Um, so I think that, you know- totally. For Juju Smith-Schuster, I don't know. Like your question, like I, I don't really see it as a controversy. I don't see him as probably like that upset by it. It's interesting because the Steelers have one of those like tra traditional cultures, right? Where it's like you sort of like uh, bring your lunch pail to your job and go play football and no one's a celebrity, even though like Terry Bradshaw is like the football celebrity for some people. So um, yeah, I think that, he, he should keep doing it, right? I think that he should continue to sort of express, um, look. I, mean, I actually think he's hacking culture by doing it. Yeah. I, I think that he's, I actually think that he, I'm sure he knows what he's doing by now. Like I'm sure even after the first couple of times of doing the, the stomping up, the, the standing and dancing on people's mm -hmm. logos that he was already getting backlash for it. I, right. I think that, I think that if I'm, if I'm Juju's agent and I see how many people are sharing those videos from good and bad from people being like yo look at this he's doing this this is sick and other people looking at it and being like i can't believe he's doing that what a disrespect it's the overall shares are going up and so if i'm yep. juju's if i'm on juju's team i'm like are you really hurting anybody by doing this no yep. is this increasing your brand online for sure mm -hmm. and people it'll always be subjective if people like you if people don't like you but the overall numbers are being increased and more people are watching him and brands want to pay for people watching people or for, for those, for those eyeballs on him. So yep. I think that it's actually a good play for him that he was doing it. I think it's unfortunate that his, that his, that is the last time that he did it, his team ended up losing. That probably didn't hurt him. That probably didn't help him in the way that he's presenting online with a handful of people with certain mm -hmm. crowds. But I still think that even in that play, like that video of him doing it before they got knocked out is probably the most shared one out of all of them. Right. Yes. It probably, he probably gained a couple, either a hundred, a couple hundred thousand or whatever amount of followers from doing that. Yep. That I think, I think in a year or two from now, when Juju has put up a handful of points and his team has a, pl a successful playoff run, if this isn't the last thing that Juju does for his entire career, I think it ends up just being something that's completely swept under the rug that is completely mm -hmm. water under the bridge and people end up forgetting about, but those followers end up staying and therefore it helps his brand at the end. And you yeah. made a great point here, you know, that it's, you have the Steelers may be one of the most popular just by numbers of fans teams in the United States right now. I mean, of course, like you have the Cowboys who are up there, but I feel like the Steelers are another one of those like national teams, but you make such a great point about, getting a reaction is the thing that matters right silence is the worst thing right like just sort of like putting your head down having your anonymous you know Steelers helmet on catching the ball dropping the ball if you're doing something like that you are creating I don't want to call them like uh we'll call them anti-fans right like this is a term that like has been used in some uh, fan study circles um I, I think uh, Jonathan Gray comes up with this term, but it's like people who really don't like you, right? So they ha they are mm -hmm. your anti-fans. So it's like, 
Um, I think if you have a lot of people to boo you or a lot of people to cheer you or a lot of people to do, do both, that is beneficial to you. And I think that, look, we can look, it's, it's not ancient history in the NFL. You've seen examples of this, right? Like Terrell Owens becomes T.O., right? He becomes like a, this new persona when he mm-hmm. stands on the Dallas Cowboys star and, you know, raises his arms in celebration. Um, Before that, he was a really great wide receiver, but like he became more than yep. a player by doing that, right? He became a meme, right? That was a- able yep. to be spread. So yeah, I think that in much in the same way, I totally agree with you. Juju Smith-Schuster is not an idiot. Um, like I'm sure that, you know, like this is intentional to some degree. And I think that he's going to benefit from it just as far as like numbers go. Popular yeah, discourse, I don't know. But agree. as far as numbers go, it'll benefit him. I'm looking at his TikTok profile right now. He got 7.7 million views on the last wow. dance he did on the logo. And with the whole team, 6.5 million. There's one with 6 million, 9 million. Okay, so by comparison, Odell Beckham Jr., who has the most followers on Instagram, right? He has some, what it's over 10. It's got it probably like closer to like 15 at this point. But so by doing that one thing, he hit half the number of eyeballs that like Odell Beckham Jr. does on just like any gen, which is amazing, you know, like truly amazing that he's able to get those numbers. Yeah, it's, it's truly is crazy. And uh, last thing I sort of want to touch upon is, how can athletes better creatively express themselves in your opinion without causing controversy with teams? That's a really good question. And, you know, like we were talking earlier about like finding the void, but it's also like you can find the things that are already there that, you know, you can make more interesting or you can do better. And, you know, I think that that goes to kind of a point that JT was bringing up earlier about just like pulling the curtain back a little bit, the live streaming idea, just like showing them like what you do in your day to day life. Um, even if you think it's boring, let the audience dictate what's boring or what's exciting. So I think putting yourself out there is probably the thing that's going to like allow you to basically latch on with audiences, because who knows, like some of the things you don't notice about yourself. Some people may find like quirky and funny or yep. something along those lines. And like, you just don't know it until it's there because these things are blind to you because like, you know, I, I don't know, maybe you guys are, de- I don't wake up in the morning and be like, you know, I'm the best or I'm going to do this thing really great today. It's just like, I just try to do a good job. And then somewhere along the way, like some people may find something that I'm doing like weird or interesting or just worthy of note. And therefore they'll like follow me on Twitter or whatever the case may be. Um, but I think for athletes, you have these baked in eyeballs because you have a bunch of fans right fan is short for fanatic which means they're always going to be there and they may be just sort of like waiting desperately for this new persona to represent their team and sometimes it could just be as simple as like that situation new person and then boom Mm -hmm. it's like the the perfect recipe what do you call it chef's kiss right and then there you have it where suddenly um it's destiny was just there serendipity was there to allow you to take off um and I, I, I don't know, like, I find that some fans yearn for, some fans are kind of, uh, you know, thirsty for that. Um, when I think of the New York Giants, and this is very similar to the Juju Smith-Schuster thing, because the Giants and Steelers, I, I kind of think of as similar cultures. But, you know, when Odell Beckham Jr. was doing his Juju Smith-Schuster thing before Juju Smith-Schuster was doing it, he was just being different, right? Even, like, if by looking at Odell, like, yep. he looks he looks different, right? He stands out. Um, and I think that that's just something that he was able to sort of like embrace and make part of his brand, right? So, you know, I think that athletes, um, if they want to 
sort of be seen as more than athletes, right? To sort of embrace the fact that like you are an employee of this team, but you're also an individual. And again, I'm borrowing that from JT's uh, conceptualization earlier. Um, then do it. I mean, I think that's kind of the uh, the drumbeat that we've been listening to throughout this time that we've been talking to one another. But uh, Josh, I don't have the blueprint because I'm already too old to have the blueprint. The blueprint I, is going to come from the younger people to yeah. sort of figure that out, right? I think that that's kind of the thing that I'm, I've been way comfortable admitting is that um, the blueprint is probably out there already. You just have to find it and do it better. I don't know if you have to come up with anything new, really. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think that just doing it better may be like the best choice for some of these folks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, this has been a great conversation, Brian, and I want to thank you for, you know, taking time out of your break. Of Come on, and Happy New Year to you and your family. A huge thanks for joining us today at Triple D. Yeah, of course. Thank yeah, you, guys. Yeah, it was great. Great combo. Great. Really appreciate your time. Right, well, uh, and I think it's super fascinating. Uh, and, and I just want to, to uh, leave the listeners with that last point that you made of just really putting yourself out there and showing your individuality whatever that means to you it doesn't odell beckham did it one way you can do it your complete own way i think for because our, most of our listeners are, are hockey players like i think that there's a ton of room in, in hockey for somebody to come out and be the odell beckham of farming and be like a farm kid that brands himself with tractors and like you know everything that goes on in a farm i think that there's a ton of space for that i don't think that you have i think that in the same way that you said the blueprint, which is amazing, I think that the blueprint can be adjusted to what really makes you unique and just use that framework of, of sharing and putting yourself out there, but using your own personality over top of that will really put you in a good spot. So we, we highly encourage it. Yeah. A huge thank you again, Brian. Once again, that was Professor Brian McFadden, Mass Media Professor at Hofstra University. That does it for episode two. Make sure to give us a follow on Instagram at Triple Deke. And as always, make sure to subscribe to the best hockey podcast in the world, the Triple Deke Hockey Podcast. For JT Barnett and myself, Josh Lindsberg, saying so long and have a great day.